0: So if you could be here around nine, that would be great, okay? Well, listen here.
1: Hello, I'm Miss H. And today, Mr. O and I will be discussing the season five premiere of Life After Lockup. On this episode, Justine and Michael take the kids to self-defense class. Derek and Monique have a pregnancy scare. Chance is hiding debt from Taylor. Lindsay finds out about Blaine's warrants and charges. Puppy tries to win over Amber's boyfriend and Sean is starting to neglect Sarah. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating and if you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel 90 Day MK, teachable moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy.
0: Hello Miss H. Hello Mr. O. How are things going with you?
1: Uh cold. I think no, a lot for of once, people huh? Yeah, I think a lot of people <laughs> on the West Coast will probably say very cold like what is this snow?
0: <laughs> what is happening over here? Get, we, I think Baltimore this year got like 0.2 inches of snow the entire winter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, maybe we're, we're heading that same direction. But, you know, what we got from the snow, we also have a new episode, new season with like new old people, right? We've seen them before.
1: Yes. And so far, I would say that their storylines are compelling enough.
0: So far, yes. yes. Yes.
1: So, I mean, I thought it was an enjoyable episode. I thought it was interesting because I know for their first look, they uh, went with Lindsay and Blaine. And they also went with, uh, I think, Monique and Derek. And I would say that those weren't the strong ones.
0: No, I would say I would say not either. Now, both of them did have what I really come to this show for. In, I, all of them did. Mm-hmm. But both of those ones did have, oh, my God, what an idiot. Yes. How do you do that? <laughs> like, oh. So right. let's get let's get started where the show got started then. Let's start with Lindsay and Blaine. So that was definitely an idiot one. So at this point, Deontay has been out of the picture and Blaine and Lindsay have been dating for eight months or so. She says that things haven't yet gotten dull with him and they're killing some time looking around a paint store waiting for some kind of meeting that we don't know about yet. So – it seems like they bought what looks from the pictures as a rundown double-wide and they're you know spending their money and time and building their future by like fixing it up and making it nice, hence the paint store. So Blaine says that things have been going great since they've gotten together, but he's done some bad things and he's hoping Lindsay doesn't find out about how – something about this coming biting him back in the butt. But since this, since the meeting – but since the meeting we were waiting for uh, was with a lawyer – I feel like that's going to come up right away, and it kind of yeah. does. So they get in there and they see a the lawyer, and he asks the lawyer for an update on his charges. And the lawyer holds up two two packets of paper and says, "I have two indictments here." And there's a bunch of you know the kind of way they did the different indictments on different things. It seems like it was one incident with multiple indictments and multiple crimes. It's all drug and gun charges. So it's his third strike, and they, instead of three strikes, use the term habitual offender. But they're basically like, you've already been convicted twice. So he's looking, <laughs> because it's his third strike, he's looking now at nine, up to 19 years in prison. So the fact that he's a habitual offender um, being added to this is, uh, is news to Lindsay. And she's pretty upset that she's just now hearing about it. So his excuse is like, oh, I didn't know. This is the first time I've been hearing it was a. Uh, Habitual offender anyway. I didn't even know what my charges were. God. And I I stress here, he's already been indicted on these charges that he doesn't know what they are. Yeah. So Lindsay doesn't buy it and just thinks it's a lie of omission. So the lawyer is mostly concerned that in addition to all this, there's also warrants out for him because there was some whole thing when he got out of rehab. He was supposed to go back to the county facility and he just went home instead. So Lindsay pretty quickly puts together that from last season when they needed to bail her friend out and he was talking about unpaid fines, that it it was actually warrants. Mm. Um, So he does feel bad that he didn't tell her this but also didn't want to jeopardize things with her by bringing bringing it up. So we don't have much time to dwell on that lie because the lawyer is just sitting there waiting to drop his uh, last bit of bad news that it's going to take a $15,000 retainer before he – quotes lifts a finger on this. <laughs> so, and, you know, things are happening, so it needs to be soon. So in an interview, Lindsay tells us she's not upset about the charges or anything, but about all the lie. So at this point, Lindsay has reached the limit, and she just gets up and walk out. So outside, she rants about how all this just got dropped on her right now, and they could have spent, you know, he put all this money in the house, and they could have spent it on this instead. Why is he keeping secrets? And as also how not having money is one of her triggers to do things that Land her back in prison. So she's on the curb crying because she thought that, you know, Blaine would be different. She already knew him. He wouldn't lie to her. Eh, not so much. But it turns out he might be just as dishonest as everybody else. So Blaine comes up eventually, gets into his SUV, and pulls out to find Lindsay, who doesn't want to get in the car. And so he just like is doing that thing where he's going the same speed as her down the sidewalk, yelling, Get in the car! Get in the car! <laughs> Which never always you know always brings the scene down a level. Okay, so um, I guess on the on the scale of things, how full of it is Blaine? Like, did he really not know his charges? No,
1: I just I'm confused why he wasn't honest with her in the first place, because he says, I didn't want to ruin my chances with Lindsay. Well, he wasn't even dating her when all of this was going down. So why is he trying to hide it from her? I mean, he could have, you know, come clean when TC was, uh, you know, trying to find someone to bail him out. You know, instead he lies and says that he's got parking tickets or something. and It's just like. That would have been a perfect time for you to tell her because did he really think that he had a chance with Lindsay back then?
0: Right. Well, and that was the time where he kept – I guess he – I don't know. I'm trying to remember back to the season with Deontay, right? Yeah. Where I kind of feel like Lindsay was like, you don't have to worry about him. But Blaine the whole time was like, I'd be into it. I'd do it. You know? So I think maybe he did think he had a chance with Lindsay. Because it was one of those friend things, you know, if, it, if you were honestly just a friend, would you be afraid to tell your friend, oh, man, I'm looking at a lot of charges here. Like, they got me on a habitual offender. It seems like something you'd talk about friends with, right? Like That's
1: what I would think.
0: So it's clearly that he had romantic intentions from the beginning.
1: Right. But to say it ruined it, I don't know. Like, why does he think keeping it from her is... You know, any better. It seems like to me it would be worse. I mean, I feel like Mm -hmm. him being honest, especially in a situation where they're not dating, it's like, well, you know, you're showing that you're honest with her. You've got, like, you could probably play a sympathy card. Like, oh, you know, like, it's such a bummer. Like, all this stuff is happening to you. You know? But instead, he decides to lie. And, oh, gosh. I just, I feel bad. I think her reaction is a little odd, though. Like, I don't know what you thought, but it's like to get like so upset that you're crying, but then also you're really angry and then specifically angry at Blaine. It's kind of like, I don't know. It just seemed like a very odd mix of
0: reactions. Sure. I, I don't know, but she has all of her mo- all her emotions quite sorted out. Like, I don't know that that was actually sad crying or if it was angry crying. Um, I've yeah. known Angry criers. Because, I mean, I think she is legit – you know, it is – she has the right to be mad at him because he did lie. Like – and it's one of those things that I'm – again, I'm still stuck on like – of all the people that we've seen on this show, mm-hmm. Lindsay is going to be like the least likely to judge you for if you were like, so I got charges coming up. Like she's she doesn't yeah. care. Like she just right. – she does not care. She's not going to yeah. be like, what? I, mean- I can't believe you did something that would land you in jail. Like she's like – she does not care.
1: Right. And she also kind of just seems more like a ride or die kind of girl. Right. Like who's TC to her? But she was like ready to, you know, try find anyone to help him out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I think the difference is I think when he said ruin his shot, as I think if it was, hey, I'm going to be in prison for 19 years. Do you want to be in a relationship? Her answer would be no. No. I can't be in a relationship with someone who's not going to be there, right? And so it was a bait and switch and I feel like that's why she's so mad that it was a bait and switch. It's like you got me into this relationship. You had us buy this house, put a bunch of money into this place that we barely even had knowing that there's going to be a $15,000 lawyer fee coming down the pipe. Like what, what are you even doing?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, he just seems really short-sighted anyway, because, I mean, if he goes to prison, does he really think that she's going to stick around? No. So I think the end result is going to be the same in terms of his relationship, uh, based on, you know, like what happens to him uh, criminally. So it's just like... I don't really understand. You're just prolonging and probably even making it worse because now you're developing a relationship where it's going to hurt much more to lose that person than to have never had them at all.
0: I mean, I don't know because I think – I think from his perspective, I think he's been crushing on her for a long time. And yeah. this way, he gets to hook up with her for a while before he goes to prison. Otherwise, Gosh. he would have not had that. <laughs> and then he would – it's still the end result. I still am not with her and in prison. So I might as – I, I can see this a short-sighted person being like, so I might as well take this time in the in between and get something I want.
1: Right. yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, I don't think this storyline surprises any of us, right?
0: No, no, yeah. it doesn't. like well let's
1: talk about another storyline that doesn't surprise us even though it's new. and that's okay. chance
0: and Taylor. Oh, we
1: we saw yeah. this coming. Did we not?
0: 100%. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. OK. So Chance is pouring over his bills. He's had a couple of credit cards that are over the credit limit, but he needs to prioritize which one he can actually make a little bit of a payment on. He's asking why the electric bill is $400, and Taylor tells him that's what happens when you don't pay every month. We find out that it's been 10 months since they've been engaged, and Taylor is about 33 weeks pregnant. They haven't made any plans to get married yet because Taylor just wants to make sure she's ready and everything with the baby is good. Taylor is trying to put together the crib and ask Chance to help her, but he insists on taking a shower right then, which is really code for going over the bills that Taylor doesn't know about in the privacy of the bathroom chance tells us that this problem started because he started to get lines of credit just thrown at him and now he has no idea exactly uh you know how much debt he has uh and so he's trying to kind of keep that from taylor when chance comes back to the room to help taylor she gets on him about helping out when she asks and to follow through so projects are actually completed He gets a call and he rejects it and Taylor asks who it was. And Chance says it's just a friend and she should just trust him and leave it at that. Taylor thinks that if they're having a baby together, he should be more open with her. Taylor thinks that he's been acting secretive and she wants to figure out what's happening. All right. So do you think there's really two storylines here or do you think it's just Chance getting called by creditors?
0: I mean, it's just Chance wasting all the money. And Chance has always been... Like frustratingly annoying because he yes. acts like he knows what he's talking about, and he clearly yes. is an idiot about yes. money, about specifically money. He's like, "Well, you just gotta spend money to make money." I'm like, dude, you in three months racked up like forty thousand dollars worth of debt. Like, what oh are you? Ta- You're gonna lecture anybody about money seriously?
1: Yeah, he was incredibly frustrating to us when he was on the first time around because we were really frustrated with how he kept on spending money and he knew Taylor wouldn't approve. So he kept on saying, it's a surprise. And it's like, (laughs) no, it's not a real surprise. It was a surprise because you didn't want to tell her that you were spending the money. You didn't want to run it by her. So by you saying it's a surprise you don't have to have those difficult conversations you basically get to make the decision yourself.
0: Yeah, and well, I mean now he's going to surprise her with that enormous stack of bills. Oh my <laughs> the gosh. stack of bills that he was hiding somewhere in the bathroom, which I guess he cleans the bathroom all the time. She never like does that part. I guess
1: Well, it looked like it was ahead, like above, right? So okay. it looked like maybe it was in a spot that she couldn't easily reach.
0: Yeah, it's just it's insane. Well, the thing was too is like, man, I was going over it a lot. I, mean, I was thinking a lot because I'm, you know, when when you hear about this, and you I automatically am comparing to myself and my situation, and I was like, there were two things that stuck out. First of all, he's like, well, you you pay one you pay one bill on time, and all of a sudden the credit card creditors are just throwing themselves at you. Okay. And I was like, a I have I'm I have very good credit, and. No one throws credit at me. But then I realize, like, oh, no, nobody wants me to get their credit card. <laughs> they don't make any money <laughs> on me. Like, they make money on dummies like Chance. Like I just pay it off every month and they make nothing. Like they get nothing right. out of this. They yeah. want people to have a bunch of debt that carries over in their card. And I'm like, oh. So I feel like the, the fact that creditors are like jumping over themselves to give you credit is probably a red flag. But you shouldn't take credit. Right. Take more out and not like a positive sign there.
1: Yeah, it's – I just don't understand how he is that clueless of how money works. Um, And I mean, I kind of understand, yeah, you've been kind of out of it for a while. But it's like – I think it's like basic knowledge. You don't just get to not pay things back. It's borrowing money, you know? It's not like you can just rack up the credit card bills – file for bankruptcy and just be like well I'll just call it a day i guess i get all that money it's like it doesn't yeah. work like that
0: no it doesn't because that's the other i mean the other thing too was i get i kind of get why you had so many cards because i was listening to the calls and the automated things mm-hmm. it was like your you you owe like 500 dollars. your balance your money left is is 11 dollars, and i was like Do you have a credit card with a five hundred dollar limit? Is that what I'm doing, right?
1: That's pretty bad.
0: (laughs) Right? And so I'm like, what? And like and but I don't think he thinks that way. He literally he thinks like he just thinks like he's a sophisticated business person. And it takes money to make money. So obviously you have to spend money first and then making money comes second that you pay the money off with. He doesn't actually have a plan for making that money, but he just knows if you don't spend money, you'll never make money. And so he doesn't. So he has no hesitation to spend money. I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense, but no, it isn't, it isn't. It doesn't seem like he thinks, oh, this is the magic magic card that just gives me what I want and I never have to worry about it ever again. He just – he seems to think that he's in some sort of – like every all the money he's spending is somehow an investment even though it's a truck. Like I don't
1: know. Right, right. So that was kind of like my suspicion too is like Taylor is putting off this wedding because she's not sure.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 I
1: definitely get this vibe like she's like, "Ooh, I don't know if I want to financially be tied to this clueless person."
0: Yeah, I mean, I would she is a prime candidate for for a prenup to be like, "Listen, yeah. I am not taking on your debts." And I would if I I hope that's where the storyline goes because I want to see that financial disclosure meeting so much. <laughs> Oh, gosh.
1: Yeah. I just – I cannot believe that he is that clueless. OK. But like I get it. You know, it's like, OK, you're in this situation. You didn't know what was happening. But it's like, well, what are you going to do to get out of it?
0: Right. Well, I mean, you only when – you, when you have – there's only two options. You sp- you spend less money, you make more money. Right? Yeah. I don't think he has a plan for doing either of those things.
1: Right. And that's what's so frustrating to me. It's like, I feel like his stupidity has no ends.
0: No, no. He just, he just is the, we've seen it in the other shows too. He's a manifester. I'm not worried about it. I'll just power through and things will get taken care of. I was like, power through what? You just keep doing what you're doing. This isn't working for you.
1: Right. And that's the other thing that I feel like Taylor's having second Thoughts about right it's like Mm -hmm. She I think she's starting to realize chance Is full of shit Yes, you know, he, he talks about
0: mm-hmm. Right. He
1: talks about getting all these projects done. Remember, like adding all these things to the home. Like he's like some crazy contractor type that can just like. And we saw how Bobby's room was like half ass done. Like it wasn't even like livable. Right. And so even her telling him about like the crib, she's like, I just don't want it to be another one of those projects that goes unfinished. So I feel right. like she's had 10 months of witnessing chance just not not follow through with all of his grand ideas and he does he has very grand ideas and there's no follow through. So I feel like she's just been let down and let down and disappointed and she's like I'm not tying myself to this asshole.
0: No, I could because I could totally see him buying, you know, thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars of carpentry equipment only 2 months later to decide, you know what? I'm going to clean swimming pools. That's how I'm going to make money, right? And <laughs> just have it sit there like that's what he would do. Like that that is. Yeah. And so yeah, I I I, I, I would – it's better off for her not not tying her finances to his by getting married for sure.
1: Yeah. But then it also makes me wonder. It's like, oh, gosh, this this poor girl, like Taylor, I feel like she just gained another man child, right? And I that can't be what you want to sign up for no, in a marriage. No, but I'm saying,
0: but it's not going to be the situation. Like clearly she knows what's what to do with money better than he does. Oh, yeah, for sure. But he will not listen to her. He is going to assert himself as the breadwinner and the financial decision maker of the family, even though he has no clue what he's doing. And and I don't know that she's incredibly sophisticated, but she knows, all right, rule one, don't spend more money than you have. Yeah. And so I mean, she knows enough. She's been a single
1: (laughs) mom having to take care of this household for how many years? Like she gets the basics. I mean, she that's her home, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she managed yeah. to buy
0: that house for sure.
1: Yeah, I think she's been doing okay for herself, you know. And now you got this idiot like in her life,
0: right? And so, not only do you have a man child, you have that man child that you have to do that backhanded manipulation where you make him things like think like think the good ideas are actually his ideas. Because if you said the idea, it's gonna be oh, just awful, just right. awful. It sounds terrible, yeah. All right, so moving on to, I don't know, it seemed like a more productive relationship, a better relationship at least. Let's go to Justine and Michael. So the whole family, Justine's bomb included, is on their way to a self-defense class. Because according to Michael, on the way there at least, once you whip one dude's ass, everyone else is going to chill out. Which, God. I'll be honest, that kind of matches my middle school experience. But <laughs> Anyway, it turns out that the other kids at school are bullying uh, Santana, which is kind of why we're here, to have him be able to better – defend for himself. So they all change into their, you know, robes or whatever and not Justine who's pregnant and her mom, thankfully. So they start to do some workouts. It's like jabs and stuff like that. So, that's also during this session is when Michael talks about um, – oh, they were like, what's the worst fight you ever been into? He's like, well, one time I got in a fight and a bunch of guys jumped me and stabbed me in the dick. So <laughs> that's the kind of the whole conversation. Oh, ridiculous. Having. So we're reminded about how last week how Maria, Michael's mom, had a very bad reaction to the pregnancy. But they're going to keep all that from, from Justine's mom now. So when Mike and the kids are training. Justine kind of starts to talk about her – some of the fears she has with Michael going forward, she says kind of that, that this is her third baby daddy, and the second one once the once you know his kids were born, started treating the kids that were biologically his and the kids that biologically weren't differently, and it was really hard on Justine. And she doesn't have any reason to think Michael's gonna do that, but it's still a fear. So um anyway, so later on, we see Justine and Michael in, of course, matching coats. <laughs> uh, taking a walk. And they sit down and Justine tells tells Michael actually what she's feeling. She tells him about some of her concerns, fears, you know, how rare it is that the kid there's somebody around that the kids can trust and how devastating it would be for if if he were to violate that trust, but she also kind of tells him that she's feels like she's trying to open herself up but, to him but she really can't because of her damage from her past relationships. And he says he understands but wishes that you know, he was enough and the relationship was strong enough for her to open up completely. So again, she does really try to emphasize that it's not his fault. It's her, but she wants to know, let him know what's going on emotionally. So she's been in some relationships that sounded pretty abusive and then, and it starts to cry. So Michael reassures her that it's, you know, she's safe with him. He's not going anywhere, all that good stuff, but she still can't bring herself to fully put as much trust all of her trust in someone else. So in an interview, Michael just kind of tells us that he's glad she shared these things with him. So um, I got to say, I think this is one of the best moments like of actual communication we might have seen like in the show.
1: (laughs) Yes. Uh, Too bad they were wearing like uh, jackets that made them look like construction workers. (laughs) Yes. Like in the process.
0: It did look like PPE, yes. (laughs) Sure. <laughs> yes,
1: definitely. Um, I mean, they're a pretty stable couple. You know, I, I think I had more doubts about Michael when he was in prison. Uh, and, you know, the kinds of uh, conversations would be like asking legitimate questions and him be like, no, your business. Like that was like kind of the vibe we got from Michael at the beginning. And I was like, who is this guy? But ever since he's been out, he's been one of my more favorite uh, you know, ex-cons because I just feel like he, do- he does come off as very well-intentioned and communicative. And mm-hmm. he's really trying to be like a good uh, father figure for his stepkids. He's trying to be a good partner. And if anything, Justine sometimes can, you know, handle things a little oddly, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Like, make them like kind of challenging, but for the most part, I've been pretty impressed with Michael. And I, uh, I, part of it is I think he is just kind of a, he's a good talker. For so, sure. you know, it's like, well, how much of it is, you know, you just talking a good game and how much is it of it is, no, you really mean this and you're going to follow through. So seeing things like this is just like, okay, give one to Michael. It seems like he's following through with the things that he says.
0: Yeah. I'm, and, I think as opposed to some of the other talkers, some good, some bad, we got a lot Mm -hmm. of talkers in this season. Yeah. Like some of the other talkers, it's just like, no, nothing you ever do ever at any point matches up with what you're saying. Right, right. Right. And Michael, that's not true. Like he, uh, he, there was that little beef with Justine and his mom and and he stood up and he's like, no, this is not how it's going to be. Right. Um, So at least we've seen him kind of stand up and put his... Money where his mouth is, at least a little bit. Now I don't know. We yeah. don't know everything that's going on, but the right, actions we have seen him take, he really does seem all in.
1: Yes, he does. And so, yeah, it's good. And I mean, and he was the one that you know was super stoked about the idea of her being pregnant. Yeah, you know. For sure. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, usually I don't think that's pretty common on this show because it's like, oh gosh, a pregnancy, you're gonna trap me, you know? And it's like. <laughs> It's either a surprise or it's like
0: unwelcome. Right. Yes, that's true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So speaking of unwelcome yeah. pregnancies, <laughs> yeah. let's talk Monique and Derek. So Derek is shopping with his sisters, Abriana and Elizabeth, for Monique because he needs an I'm sorry gift of candles after cheating on Monique because nothing says I'm sorry I cheated on you like a uh, candle. It, yeah,
0: it definitely makes up for it.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, Derek <laughs> claims that, you know, they were in a gray area of their relationship, but Derek admits he was wrong. His plan is to get her flowers and candles for her visit, to Cleveland. His sisters still don't like them together. Ariana says she hates Monique and doesn't like that she's so much taller than Derek. That's her basis of not liking her. So Monique says it's been a month since she's seen Derek. She's eager to see him to get to the bottom of some unanswered questions she has. She feels disgusted, but she has a soft spot for him and Derek has been persistent, so he's pretty much wore her down. Monique is trying to give him another chance. Monique says she found out about the cheating because she checked his text log and that's how she found out. And her friend and sister say that she shouldn't have had to try that hard to figure it all out. Monique calls Derek while he's shopping and everything gets dramatic quickly as the sisters claim Monique called them hoes when she really said hey. Monique says she's feeling disrespected already, but Derek tries to calm everyone down and ask about the visit later. They both want to try and work things out. Monique then teases a secret that she wants to tell Derek in person. Monique gets all dolled up for her meet with Derek. Her sister and friend approve of her look. Monique drives by herself and she says she hopes that she sees a real change in Derek. Derek thinks that it must be a good sign that he's so nervous. He tells her she's looking good and gives her the flowers and the candles. He tells Monique that his sister helped pick them out. And Derek thinks that love shouldn't hurt. And Monique wonders why he hurt her then. He defends his actions saying that he loves Monique and wants a relationship with her, not the other woman that he cheated with. Derek doesn't want to talk about it anymore, which means not really answering the questions Monique has. Derek says that he wants to have a family with Monique. Monique points out that he never confessed his indiscretion and she was the one that had to do most of the finding out for herself. Derek insists on putting this behind them, and they can only move forward if she's the one who lets it go. Monique doesn't think that they'll ever get to a place where she's going to be okay with uh, his sisters. She Mm. also decides to drop the bomb on Derek that she may be pregnant. Monique is disappointed that Derek isn't more excited, and she asks if he's upset. Derek says it doesn't change anything, but he's just not prepared for it. Even though they both know that Monique wasn't on birth control. All right. How many different cliches could we have had in their <sighs> segment?
0: Oh man. It's it it was just it's awful. And that's when I was talking about the talkers who aren't good talkers, mm-hmm. I was talking about Derek. He okay. just Says whatever, like he just cliche, 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 cliche. That'll work, right? I'll get back what I'll get, I'll get, I'll get my money back then, I guess. You'll, you'll start supporting me again, Dad, if I just say all the magic words that I know I'm supposed to say. Like he doesn't seem to mean a damn thing he says ever.
1: Oh, no. I mean, he literally told her, like, I want to have a family with you. And then all of a sudden, Monique's like, oh, great. Let me tell you about this potential pregnancy. And he's just like, oh, man, what? It's like <laughs> right. you literally just told her you wanted <laughs> to have a family with her. <laughs>
0: yes, that is true. Like, it's like, oh damn, man. Oh. <laughs> he just—it just—I don't. I, I don't know. He—he he keeps saying I want to show you, I want to make it right, and then doesn't show her anything, right? No. When she's like, "All right, well, what are we gonna do? You can show me," and he's like, "Wow, I have to keep talking about this, man. Ah, just let it go." Like didn't, yeah. I said, I'm sorry. Like,
1: yeah, that's the thing that really kind of was like, oh, this is so cliche. This is such like um a manipulative gaslighter move. Right. Mm-hmm. To just be like, well, you got to forgive me and just like let it go for us to be able to move forward. And then like trying to put it on them like they're the reason we can't move forward in this relationship because they can't seem to get over the fact that you cheated.
0: Right. And that's like, again, it, it and. At a certain point, that may become that may become true. And at a certain point, yes. you do have to just be like, if I'm going to stay in this on the relationship with someone that cheated on me, I do have to accept that they cheated on me. Mm-hmm. And we it can't just be bring that up forever. However, this is right. like 48 hours ago. And he's already like, God, oh, why can't you get past this? Yes, like, no, exactly.
1: It- <laughs> and he's only saying that because he doesn't want to actually explain to her what happened. And it's like she has unanswered questions. Like y- you owe it to her to give the answers.
0: Yeah, it is a um, it is a super common dynamic, not even a cliche, mm-hmm. of when there's a cheater and someone who was cheated on. Yeah. The person who was cheated on just wants to know everything. And the person who is the cheater is like, I don't understand how that's going to help. Why would I do that? Why would I share that with you? It's not going to make you feel any better. Like all it's going to do is just keep us circling this drain the whole time or is stuck in this this cycle. And they really don't want to share things. And the person who was cheated on really wants to know things. And I don't know that either one of them is right. But it is a very common dynamic.
1: No, I agree because it was like, I don't really know what would be the best in that situation, right? Because let's say that Moni gets her way and Derek divulges everything. It's like, how are you not going to not think of that? You know, mm-hmm. or not be paranoid when a situation kind of seems similar to that and not, you know, think of the things that he's done now that he's described them to you and it's easier for you. But at the same time, I get it from Monique's perspective. It's like, well, is it worse than what I'm imagining? Because I'm imagining the absolute worst.
0: Yes. And that that's definitely where, where it comes down to. It's like – You don't even need to know the actual details as much as here. This is what I'm picturing. But I don't know. I think it might be worse than she's picturing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. I think so too. Because the person that she thought was going to murder them in a car chase, that's the person he cheated with.
1: (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah. I (laughs) forgot about that. Yeah. So it's like uh, it is worse. And so I just don't. If you can't get past what you think is like the worst, worst that he could have done, it's like, well, then maybe you shouldn't get back together again with him.
0: Right. But it is – you're right. It is that manipulator thing to to demand not just that you move past something mm-hmm. but that you move past something on my time scale. I'm over right. the fact that I cheated already. So you should yeah. be too. Like, yeah. it's like, no, you can't demand that And you should never
1: bother me with this again, you know? Like, right, don't even right. bother mentioning it again. Like, it's over. It's done with. Like, how dare you bring it up ever again?
0: Remind yeah. me of my past indiscretions. Well, especially because at least when I look at this guy and I listen to this guy, no. He's like, oh, I'm never going to do that again. Bullshit. Yes, you are. He is right. 100%. The first opportunity he gets to cheat again, he will cheat again. Like, yeah. this is not a guy who will... Who has any amount of self-control at all.
1: No, I agree. But I mean like I don't know. Maybe he doesn't necessarily think that about himself. Like he's – you know, like good intentions. But when it comes down to you like, well, I guess I did that.
0: Oh, I, I, that's probably true. He, he may – I'm saying it. She shouldn't believe it. I don't believe it. Oh, sure. I think, I think this is a guy that would eat a cookie and be like, all right, all right. I'm done. I'm never eating any cookies again. And like eat another cookie within three seconds. Right. Like he has nothing. And I think he might mean it. I'm done. I'm starting my diet now. I'm eating, not eating any cookies. Yeah. Oh, man. The cookie looks good. <laughs> yeah. I got, high and eight, I got high and ate 40 cookies. Damn right. it.
1: Like. <laughs> yeah. I could definitely see that, too.
0: All right. So let's go on to um, Puppy and Amber and others. <laughs> so this it's kind of a weird one because it's, it, it's listed as Puppy and Amber even though right. they're not in a relationship with each other. Yeah. All right. So it's now – it flashes on the screen that it's three years since Puppy has been out of prison. And she's catching us up with the events uh, from last season that happened since last season I should say uh, with Amber and they're at a bar. So it, it looks like Eric finally did close out his divorce and it only cost him his house and his kid. So – And that's mostly because I guess when they had the final date, like she wasn't there. So basically when you're not there and you ask the judge for a bunch of stuff, the judge goes, nope. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) I would also like the house. It's like, oh, no one's there to argue against you. So yeah, house is yours. Um, (laughs) So um, she's upset that his ex couldn't just like settle for a normal divorce, but his You know, kind of doing that thing where she's trying to inflict maximum damage, or at least from their perspective, she is. So Amber says, what's up with, you know, your relationship with Eric? Are you still engaged? When you have a date set? Are you planning anything? What's going on? So she doesn't know really where they stand, but does know that after the divorce and moving out and everything, they have $50,000 in debt. Mm. So then they switch to Amber stuff, and she's still trying to emotionally recover from the pregnancy and abortion that we had we saw last season. And she says that her boyfriend TC is what's keeping her together through everything. So the the abortion was about three months ago, and they don't get to hang. And they, Puppy and Amber, then say they don't get to hang out as much as they'd like since TC doesn't like Puppy and Eric, especially after they got into a big fight in front of his kids. Well, you know. Classifying whether I don't like anybody is is kind of tricky for him, but he doesn't like them. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they're together now, so they do some shots. So they have enough to drink that Amber doesn't want to drive home. So she calls TC to come pick her up. And then she says, oh, yeah, and puppy's going to come crash, too, which didn't go over well with TC on the phone. So he didn't. <laughs> so puppy then kind of got, got that and says she's going to finish her drink to get her nerves up. But then it's like, you know what? This is dumb. I'm not going to go to somebody's house. That doesn't want me there. I'll just call an Uber and we can go home. So outside, Puppy and Amber are both waiting for their rides when TC pulls in. So Puppy um, jokingly reintroduces herself. And it's at this point that I noticed that she caught herself twice calling herself Michelle instead of Puppy. So getting increasingly um, convinced that in real life she's just Michelle. Um, (laughs) So she tells TC that she doesn't. (laughs) She she tells TC that. Uh, She doesn't like that he doesn't like her, very middle school, um, and wants to change that. So anyway, TC says, don't take it personally. I don't like anybody (laughs) and you know doesn't just want bullshit. She also says that she doesn't want bullshit, which is bullshit. But then she tells him (laughs) that she's not going anywhere and she's going to keep making things awkward until he finally just accepts her. So she apologizes for being embarrassing and the fighting in front of the kids and also wants to clarify that she's not a drug dealer, which reminded me of that tweet where it's like, you know, my, the, my, me saying I've, I feel like this is raising a lot of questions that was answered by me saying I'm not a drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, she's going to let Amber's going to go home alone. And then, but next time she's going to come over and eat all their food. So they have a group hug and leave. So afterward, TC says, I, I, you, you can be friends with puppy, but I'm not interested in that at all. Uh, You know, just, no, you can do whatever you want with her outside of my house. So once I get back to his place TC pours himself a drink and Amber joins him. So he questions whether this is a good idea because it was her liver problems that, you know, caused her medical issues and for her to have the abortion. And she says, "Well, last time she got her blood work done, they just said they said it looked good, so just keep doing what you're doing." And I was drinking then, so I will continue to drink. <laughs> so she says that it wasn't the drinking that destroyed her liver anyway, it was meth. So God. <laughs> he seems irritated and says, uh, that anytime he's around puppy, it irritates him, especially especially since she kind of almost dropped on him. that puppy might be coming over and he would have really been pissed to make him the bad guy for saying no. But it's also his house and la So he doesn't want her around. And again, he doesn't like – her saying that she's not a drug dealer made him very suspicious that she's a drug dealer. So we really don't – at least like – didn't you tell him that they used to be drug dealers? And then Amber just gets really, really pissed very, very quickly. She was like, I told you that's why we all went to prison. But since we've been out, we're not doing that. Yell, yell, yell. Really him yelling, her yelling. I And I lost track of what they were actually trying to say to each other at this mm-hmm. point because it was just screaming. And then Amber telling production to shut the whole thing down. Uh, so this is the part where I'm like, OK, Amber keeps insisting this relationship with TC is like. The best she's ever had and just what she needs. But it's actually awful, right?
1: Yeah, I kind of agree. Um, But I don't know if it's just based on this fight exactly. I think the best she's ever had because it's probably the first non-criminal person she's dated because remember the last guy was uh, someone she knew prior to prison uh, and then Vince, who is oh, yeah. just a stone cold weirdo. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if this is your competition, then yes, TC is the best person you've ever dated. Um, I the, My interpretation of their fight was that It's very possible Puppy and Eric have been dealing drugs and Amber said something to TC about it like off camera and TC's bringing it up. And remember, they're on probation for like some absurd amount of years. And so if this gets televised, like that's putting them in danger. And so that's why Amber was like, seriously, you're going to try, you know, expose them right now and we need to shut this down so that doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, I mean that 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 does make a lot of sense, but and that's where I'm like that's where I'm like the relationship doesn't seem good. Like it seems super volatile. They like screaming. They got to the point where they were just screaming at each other, Mm -hmm. and like that doesn't help. And if you're the point where you feel like, oh yeah, you can hang out with whoever you want, but uh, I'm gonna get him try to put. Try to get them thrown in jail while, yeah. while, while while we're at it. Like, that's not a healthy thing to like do. I didn't like that.
1: No, but also I get the feeling that TC probably holds some kind of resentment about Amber getting an abortion because we talked yeah. about this before. Like, uh, he does not seem like the kind of person who believes in abortion in any case um i think that you know even though he's probably happy about not having a kid at the end of the day he doesn't like like how the abortion was like the reason why you know and i i don't think he agrees with what amber did and i think that he's very resentful that she it's like did you really have to get an abortion your liver seems fine now
0: yeah no, that's that's definitely that definitely seemed to be the crack about drinking in the liver was mm-hmm. was like oh oh you need to get an abortion because your liver but you're willing to drink for your liver I see how it is yeah. okay right yeah and, and I I do think he's resentful about it and it's um yeah it's not a good he's resentful about a lot of things he just yeah. seems like a broody mean person
1: like, yeah he definitely seems more grumpy this time around but I sure. mean. But things have changed. Right. Like since the last time we had really seen him prior to the barbecue they had, it was like he's seen his girlfriend get violent with someone who could have been pregnant, puppy. (laughs) You know, he's seen some massive fighting. He's like had to also be there to kind of helplessly not really have a say in an abortion. With his child, you know, and, you know, he's dealing with puppy who is just like, how are you going to put hands on this person and then now be like besties? And these people are like criminals. And so he's got I think he's got a lot of things stacking up. Like, why am I with this person?
0: I can see that for sure. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely I definitely get the I get the feeling that if any if either of them are going to end this relationship, it's going to be him. Yeah. It's not going to be Amber.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Especially because Amber seems to be in a depressed place. And I'm that I'm sure that's not helping either of them in this situation.
0: No, no, it really is. It really is. As much as as much as people understand, even if you fully understand, it's like, oh, it's a disease. Mm-hmm. It's something to struggle through. It's still really hard to be around somebody who's depressed. Yeah. And like and it takes it takes a toll on you as well. Like, right. obviously, not as bad as the person who's suffering depression, mm-hmm. but it does. It, it, it's it's hard. Yeah.
1: All right, let's talk about other people that are difficult and hard to be around. Uh, We have Sarah and Sean. So, Sarah is busy juggling, taking care of baby Adeline, and trying to look sexy because she's trying to seduce her husband, Sean. She tells us that this is not the life she's used to living. She said before prison, she used to get high and have fun. And now that she's out of prison and a new mom, her and Sean's sex life has just really changed. While Sarah is getting ready for some wild sex with a sex swing, Sean is playing a video game online with his son, Jaden. Sean seems kind of annoyed that Sarah is beckoning him to the bedroom for an unknown reason in the middle of the game, but he goes to find Sarah in lingerie and a sex swing installed in their room. He seems more curious about how the swing got there, which, by the way, was Sarah's mom. Weird. And Sarah tries to guilt Sean, saying that the baby is finally asleep and they really don't get too many chances to have sex. Sean says that he's had a long day and he just wants to relax. He feels like he called her beautiful, so his job is done. Sarah tries to get him to talk about the fact that they don't have sex anymore. She says she's feeling trapped and that he doesn't have to try anymore. And Sean says he feels like he can't win and he's just trying to be there for everyone. They argue a little and Sean gets frustrated and leaves the room. Sean tells us that being a husband is stressful and he needs to find a balance between giving his new family attention and trying to be there for his eight kids. Yeah, Remember, you got ton kids. Sarah feels like they've been married for 20 years and Sean has just stopped putting in any effort and she feels very alone. Sean just thinks it's a rough patch, so it's no big deal. Later, Sarah is making Sean a lunch for work as she's taking care of the baby. Sarah tells us their relationship just kind of feels awkward. She tries to get dressed up as her mom Kathy stops by to take care of Adeline. Sarah tells her mom that she's going to the store, but her mom is a little suspicious because Sarah looks like she's getting really dressed up for the store. It ends up that Sarah is meeting up with her other daughter's Abby's father. She has been texting him, and she tells us about Anthony, who she calls the love of her life. She claims they never really broke up, and they just, like, you know, drifted apart when she went to prison. She wants to know if he's sober and if he's ready to be a father now, so that's why she wants to meet up with him. But Sarah feels guilty about not telling Sean, because Sean doesn't really like Anthony. Sarah kind of doesn't really care if Sean is mad, though, because she's not been considering her feelings and it, she says it doesn't even feel like they're in a relationship right now okay so seeing the status of Sarah and Sean's relationship now does any of this surprise you
0: not at all like right no no um definitely Sean going into like living with a roommate within a year that's out that's totally scans right like absolutely scans yeah. Um, and just be like, huh, oh, what? What's going on? Huh? I don't even why are you why? I don't understand. What? That that's very Sean. Everything was Sean. Right, <laughs> right. Um I'm but that's what I guess what does surprise me is like that she's surprised? Yes. Like, this is Sean. Like who did you exp- who did you think you married?
1: Right. I mean, I think Sean she's I don't think she's wrong. Uh Sean put up a good front to not trap her but to get her, right? Mm-hmm. And then once he felt like he got her, it's like he did. He just gave up, right? And I do think there is a shift in dynamic of their relationship where, you know, she's the mom of his child now. She's the one who we saw at the end of the last season that they were on. She pretty much makes all of the financial decisions for the family because Sean's a bumbling idiot and can't deal with any of the money. So she's the one saying you shouldn't be spending money on this. And so it's almost like he has another Kelly in his life, his uh, ex-girlfriend slash baby mama of the other eight children he has. And so I feel like he's starting to see like, oh... OK, this is how relationships are. And it's not because necessarily, you know, it's like this is women in general. It's like this is women, how they have to manage him, the bumbling idiot.
0: Yes. Well, I mean, the one thing that, that obviously is different, it's obviously when he was with Kelly, their sex life didn't go to zero like yeah. <laughs> immediately because of the – as evidenced by the eight kids. Oh, my gosh. Right? I know, right? <laughs> I guess they had seven or whatever. But like – and. That, I guess that's the part that surprises me because I get the idea – I get the impression that at least when they were together, when she was new, when it was interesting, when he was chasing her, you know, her, his libido was at one level. Yeah. And then like as soon as she had the baby, his libido went down to nothing.
1: Well, yeah, because I think he probably is thinking like, oh, baby mama, you know, right. like he this just, is he just a different dynamic. has
0: a different – yeah, and a different dynamic. Well, yes, because it is – I get that too, but it usually goes the other way. Bo- both kind of things. When you end mm-hmm. up with that relationship dynamic, where you end up having to—that's another kid for you, mm-hmm. right? Either you're not—you're not, you're not going to find him attractive anymore, yeah, right? In terms of in terms of sexuality, or he's not going to find you attractive anymore because nobody is attracted to their mom or son.
1: Right. (laughs) Right, Right. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like she's trying at least and I just feel bad for her. But then at the same time, it's like, I mean, I like Sarah. Right. But it's like, how did you not see this is coming? Right. And why were you so naive that you somehow thought that he would treat you any better than he has treated his baby mama and his eight kids? He has not treated them well.
0: No, and I think that's part of the issue here too is I think he's playing this video game and they kind of make it look like, oh, lazy guy playing video games. Right. But he, this is what he's doing like with his kid. Like this yes. is his, oh, my activity with my with my son that I don't get to see very right. much. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't like even frame it like that, right? right. Like that's, a, that's the part that is frustrating. Like he doesn't, she does the thing, she puts on the lingerie, she gets in the swing and like he's just like, oh, yeah, you're pretty. And it's like, I I just I don't know how you can be have been in a relationship as long as him and not know oh she really wants to do this yeah. right for whatever reason it is it's important to her that we do this tonight right, right? and just to be able to do it not to be like uh I'm actually like busy and want to relax so but you look pretty like. Just be like, oh, actually, you know, I'm playing. You know, this is my chance to connect with whatever it's a race right now. Um, I'm gonna do this. Give me like 15 more minutes, and we're gonna go for it, babe. Like, yeah, we gotta, right. Do that. Like, but he doesn't do that. Like, I don't know. It's all, because it's also a little like it's a little bit foreign to me because he's just like, yeah, I don't know. I just it was a long day, and I want to come home and relax. And I was like, well, for some people, you know, the ideal way to relax when they get home is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh my goodness. Yes. Uh just Sean is such an idiot. Like I just honestly I don't have high hopes for Anthony. Um you know no, no, he's no, no, a no. known like drug user, the fact that she doesn't even know if he's currently sober does not give me high hopes for this guy at all. This is not Sarah's savior here. But at the same no. time, it's just like, get away from this idiot, Sean. You know, it's like.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, and I don't, I, I'm kind of curious as where her where her brain is actually at, despite what she's telling us. Mm-hmm. Is she looking for, you know, my uh, a savior or an escape hatch? Or is she looking Kind of a little bit hoping that he's a mess and being like, OK, well, I still made the right choice. Interesting. Like I still like as, as as much of an idiot and as much of a pain in the ass and as boring as Sean is, I'm better off with that than I am with this. Um, and so I don't know which of those two she's hoping for or hoping <laughs> it'll be one of those two things, you know?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Ugh, dumb Sean.
0: Oh Yeah, yeah. Just. Just have sex with your wife, dude. I don't understand. That's not hard. Like, just do it. Like, <laughs> right?
1: Okay. So, uh, we still have a couple more couples that we haven't seen yet. I know Brittany Marcelino, and who else did we say?
0: Cameron uh, Harris. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Um, so, out of the group that we saw, uh, we're reintroduced to this week. Who is your student of the
0: week? I went with Justine. Um, I feel like what she, the things she said to Michael, were hard for her to say, um, and. Kind of necessary for her to say like it's but like, you know, it was it was a demonstration of good communication of like your emotional state to your partner. And mm-hmm. it's hard to do. And I, I think it was good.
1: Yeah, I actually went with Michael. I yeah. liked that he was very supportive of Justine and, you know, all he and we kind of talked about like how he's someone who has demonstrated that he's following through and that it's. Even though we do get vibes like he's a smooth talker, he actually seems to be backing it up.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Okay. How about your dunce? Chance. I went with Chance, too, because he annoyed me so so, much. We saw all of this coming.
0: Yes. And the frustrating part is he's hiding it (sighs) and he's doing whatever. He has no plan at all all no he he really doesn't way of dealing with this yeah Uh, besides like well if i just hide it long enough i guess it'll go away like that's not a plan like what i don't know it's 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 like chances like when my daughter was two (laughs) and she was messing around she was in bed and she was messing around with the nightlight next to her bed and she broke it Mm -hmm. and she knew it was broken and she knew we were going to find out and for some reason, she came downstairs and and said, uh, Mom, can you come up to my room? Dad, can you come to my room? And I came up to her, to her room and she was standing at the broken nightlight with her hand like on top of it trying to cover it up. It wow. Like, it was the cutest little thing, but it was like. What was your plan?
1: <laughs> I do not understand. <laughs> well, you know what the difference is? Your daughter was two. Chance is old. She
0: was two. He's in his 40s. Yeah. Like, Chance yes. is no better idiot. So, yes, the point is Chance has the mental capacity of dealing with his problems of a two-year-old. Oh, my gosh.
1: All right. Uh, what about your life lesson?
0: Okay. My life lesson is like if you're facing charges – You should know what those charges are. Oh, my gosh. And if you don't know what those charges are, like, I don't think $15,000 throwing an attorney is really going to help you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My life lesson is for Sean, but is so far gone with him. You know, it's like if you don't have the attention and resources to provide for that many kids, you shouldn't have more. You know, it's like. I, I know he's feeling really stretched thin because I don't know why now he's decided that he needs to be a good dad and try to spend more time with his kids. But it's like you got eight of them. OK, that's yeah. a lot.
0: That's a lot. Yeah. It, it. Yeah. They don't even get. Not. They don't even get one. They don't even get a full day. Nobody gets a full day. Right. You got to split him. <laughs> other are the things like somebody, somebody's a kid left out this week. Like right. It, it, and That's s- tough.
1: Yeah. So it's just like, wow, like I appreciate the effort, but it's like, it's a little too late, you know?
0: Right. And the effort, I don't know, it has to be a proactive, like when you have that much stuff, you have to, again, you have to plan. Yeah. You can't just be like. And yeah, it does feel a little too little, too late. To be like, well, I was playing Call of Duty with my with my kid. Oh
1: no, that's not what I'm talking about. Like too little, too late. Like you should have stopped having kids like well,
0: yes, four that's kids true ago. <laughs> yes, yes, uh-huh. yeah. Because
1: then maybe you could handle, you know. And and that's the thing too. Is like if he had actually been devoting the amount of time. To the kids, maybe he would have realized like, wow, I have to give a lot to this one child, these two children, these three children. I don't know if I could get any – give any more.
0: Right. But he doesn't because you know what's – because if things go south with Sarah, Mm -hmm. right, as soon as it's a new woman that he's not married to that isn't a baby mama, she's going to get all of the attention. Oh, yeah. All of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I mean, I, I, sadly, I see it kind of going this way, you know, Mm -hmm. and he's just going to have like a bazillion kids. It's like there are some people that just shouldn't procreate. I mean, forget like his fathering. It's like he's an idiot. Like, how does he keep having children?
0: Well, they probably were pretty close. Like, I know (laughs) – Oh my gosh! Not, it does not. It does not take much uh, intelligence to figure out what to put where for oh kids to gosh. happen. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's
1: it's such idiocracy with Sean. It
0: really is. Yeah, definitely.
1: <sighs> okay, so we will be back uh, next week because we're just getting started. So until yeah, then, new
0: season. Uh huh. See everybody then.
1: Okay. Bye. Okay.
0: Bye.